one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. Welcome to Step Right with Lynn. I'm so pleased to be with you this morning um, discussing a most valuable topic that I'm sure we can all make use of. Remember, you can join in the conversation today by calling in or using the chat room on the A to Zen website. Email me anytime at lynn at stepright.ca, that's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. I'm here to answer your questions about your financial needs, your retirement income planning, or how to effectively add charitable giving into your financial plan or your estate planning. That email again is lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. And one more time, because they don't work right if you get anything uh, misplaced, that's lynn, L-Y-N-N, at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Our show today is called Five Critical Steps for dealing with that impossible individual. And our guest is our guest today is the Reverend Dr. Stephen Hendry. <clears throat> is there someone in your life who's causing you a challenge? I think we all know one. Uh, a boss, a neighbor, a sibling, a child. Do you have an impossible coworker? Have you met an impossible service worker in retail or an office somewhere where you're just forced to deal with that person? If that impossible someone is not in your life today, he or she may well be a part of your life tomorrow. So let's be prepared. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Hendry will share five critical steps for successfully dealing with that impossible person. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Hendry is the priest and pastor at Epiphany Church in Woodstock. He's married to Joyce and they have four grown-up children. Uh, Steve has a BA in philosophy and a Master's of Divinity degree. Most recently, he received a Doctor of Ministry degree. Stephen has enjoyed radio and television broadcasting experience. Presently, he co-hosts the local radio show, Oh for Heaven's Sake, with Archdeacon Rich Jones on Hope FM. He was the chairman of Senior Support Services in Port Rowan. He's been president and zone chairman in the Lions organization. He's the former chairman of the National Service Council for the Canadian Diabetes Association for Canada. He's been a guest lecturer at St. Clair College in Windsor. Uh, Steve was the director of the deacon program at Canterbury College in Windsor, and he was recently certified with the John Maxwell team as a certified coach, mentor, and international public speaker. Stephen enjoys several leisure activities, including golf, canoeing, and relaxing with a great book. I want to tell our listeners that I know Stephen because uh, his wife Joyce is a part of a group of very good friends and horseback riders um, that enjoy going camping and taking our horses. Uh, we enjoy going to a location uh, called Ganaraska Park near Bowmanville, Ontario, 
And Stephen is an important member of the group, but I haven't personally ever seen him on a horse. So my very first question that I have for Steve has got to be, have you ever been on a horse, Stephen? Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. And uh, yes, I've been on a horse. And uh, one of my recent experiences was when one of the horses got spooked and I had a very memorable ride. Ah, okay. And so where, where, after that, where... I, I, I've been hesitant. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hesitant rider now. <laughs> That's right. So, so did you go on quite a quite a uh, like was this a long ride? Did the horse head back to the barn or? Yes, the the horse head back to the barn where, of course, its it's safe zone is, and um, I didn't realize that that's what was uh, happening, and thank heavens for a very brave farmer who simply stepped out in front of the horse and spoke to it, and Uh it stopped, and uh, I instantly dismounted over the horse's head. (laughs) Okay, so did you thank that farmer or not? (laughs) When I caught my breath and stood on my feet, yes. (laughs) Okay, oh boy. Um, yes, you did want it to stop. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> maybe not quite in maybe not quite in that manner, eh? Absolutely, yeah. So, um, Steve, to begin with, could you tell us um, some of the ways that that people are, are taught um, to approach conflict resolution? Like, what are some of the popular approaches that that we may have been taught in the past? Well, I think one of them is uh, called perspective-taking. And um, in a more simple terms, that's walking in another person's shoes, trying to respond to conflict by trying to put ourselves in the other person's position and understand the other person's point of view. And uh, perspective-taking can be a really positive thing because what you're trying to do is understand the conflict from the other party's perspective. And uh, that way you may become aware of new information or new ways of interpreting the information that you never would have had before. So that's one. Uh, And we can come back to methods of of approaching these things if we're not really uh, awesome at it. Mm -hmm. The benefit, of course, of this particular one is that the other person feels understood. Um, They have a deep sense that you're an agreeable, open-minded, and effective team player. Uh, A second approach that we have some history in in understanding is uh, engaging for a solution approach, Um, questioning the motives of the the issue in the first place. And this is when we respond to conflict by trying to work with the other person to create solutions that are acceptable to everybody. And one of the Mm -hmm. positive outcomes of actively trying to create solutions is obvious. More solutions are created when we try to achieve them than when we don't. and I think that the third one that is is really important, but it has to be done very carefully, is expressing your emotions. The I statement approach. I think I need an ideal. And if we do that, we conflict by talking honestly with the other person about their thoughts and feelings. And the good part is that we expand communication um, and reach resolutions that are okay for, for both sides. I think the the fourth one is reaching out, and um, more often than not, we find ourselves in a situation where we're at a stalemate, and uh, there's just no way to to go. And so the response to this conflict is by making the first move to to break the stalemate and to uh, pick up the phone, to arrive at the door, um, to reach out. And uh, one of the most difficult problems to overcome in a conflict is the tendency that both sides dig in their heels, right? Mm 
mm-hmm. and refuse to budge. And taking the first step to break that impasse can be really difficult, but it requires somebody to have the courage uh, to say, I'm prepared to have a new kind of, of conversation. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and the last one is uh, taking a walk, uh, taking some time out, uh, responding to conflict by analyzing the, the situation and weighing the pros and cons before you speak, before you say something really unhelpful. And and the major factor that contributes to the escalation of most conflict is that hasty, unplanned response. And that always happens when we're tired, when we're hungry, Mm. when we're frustrated. And and suddenly what we're thinking uh, can just burst out. So it's really good um, to be able to take some time out. Now, the reality is that we've all been taught this. We've all been taught these things, um, or at least we've heard about these things, but the reality is that we we don't tend to have a lot of skill in how to address them when we're in the situation. Well, we don't really want to practice it, I guess, is the thing, right? We'd just rather not be in the situation. Oh, absolutely. Most of us would like to avoid conflict like the plague. Um, We have no interest in being in a conversation that we know somebody's going to get hurt, especially us. Um, And the reality is we just want everybody to get along. But conflict resolution does not come naturally to us. It's Mm -hmm. a learned skill. Okay. Um, So, you know, who are these these people that, that we may be in in conflict with like what are their um you know what what type of people are we dealing with well well first of all we're dealing with people very much like ourselves um except that there are certain people in society that are profoundly wounded by past experiences um they've had a bad experience uh, in a marriage or with their children um they've had a difficult experience in their job they've had struggles in their own emotional and psychological lives. And so what ends up happening is that we're often dealing with um, people who are deeply wounded um, and and therefore are either depressed, anxious, or angry. Mm. Okay. Um and what i'm and, and what I'm thinking is, well, what if both people are depressed, anxious, and angry? <laughs> Well, and I understand that, and so that's why it's really important to walk through these five um, that I've just really briefly outlined by by introduction, and talk about some of the skills that we need. One of the most fascinating experiences I ever had is I was taking uh, one of the courses on conflict resolution in the United States, and um, I was stunned to discover that the in, the instructor was a psychotherapist, and mm-hmm. that the real issue for most of us in the room was us, and that when we learn new skills in how to address conflict, we can help people that don't have those skills, that don't have Mm -hmm. an awareness of what's going on inside of them, and that we can be the healthy party in the midst of the conflict. Right. Well, and and being the one that's, that's willing to have a difficult conversation. Absolutely. And and it, again, it doesn't come naturally. It requires acquiring some skills, and that's what we're going to talk about today. What are the suggested skills and techniques that might be useful? So it's important mm-hmm. for our listeners to get a pen and paper because they're going to want to remember some of these things and, and to be able to apply them. As a matter of fact, I go back to these on a regular basis when I know I'm on my way into a really difficult conversation. 
and uh, and go back to these very practical methods of what to say, when to say it, and how to say it. Okay, okay. Um, so so what are some of these techniques? Okay. Well, let's go back to the, the first one of the perspective taking, or what I refer to as trying on another's shoes. And that means that we're trying to put ourselves in the other person's position and understand their point of view. And so what really can be important for us to do is to identify the weakness in our own position or our own approach. Now, we don't need to do that with them. I don't think most people understand that we need to prepare ourselves for conversations. Uh, Mm -hmm. Winging it in conflict is a prescription for disaster. And Mm -hmm. so one of the things we need to do is identify our weakness in our own position or approach and then imagine how and why the other person came to hold their position. And then imagine what the other person is trying to accomplish. And then fourth, really look at what are the other person thinks that you're trying to accomplish in the conversation. It all comes down to motives. And then if you can give the other person your full and undivided attention when they're speaking, and and here's the prescription, watch, wait, and listen. Observe the, the eyes and the face, the mouth, the eyebrows, the forehead. What is the emotional state of the other person? That's really important to know. And then instead of offering our opinion, we ask questions and invite the other person to explain the reason behind their their position. Because what's most important to them is their position. And to be right. able to pay some attention to that is really helpful. The, the big thing is if we don't understand, we admit it and we ask for further explanation. In acknowledging the other person's position without agreeing, I mean, we can say to somebody, and and this is really important, that's an interesting point that you're making. Or Mm -hmm. many people hold that same position. That doesn't mean that we've given in and agreed to them when we really don't, but at least least we give credence to their point of view. And the big thing is never, ever interrupt them. Right. So that's the first one in in perspective taking, just trying to – you know, where the other person choose and understand uh, where they're coming from and why they're coming from that perspective and then to, to try to acknowledge that they're not necessarily wrong, we just see it differently. Right, right. Okay. We're going to take that as a, a point where we can go to break, uh, Stephen, and, and we'll look forward to um, the rest of these points after the break. Wonderful. a contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. 
You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. We're back. This is Step Right with Lynn. Uh, Dr. Reverend Stephen Hendry has been uh, talking to us about the five critical um, steps for dealing with impossible people. And we've been talking about the first step, which is perspective taking, uh, which requires a bit of preparation for the conversation that we're going to have, identifying our weaknesses and um, understanding, trying to understand things from the other person's point of view and acknowledging uh, that um, that we're hearing them and asking questions to clarify their point of view. Um, can you continue with those for us, Steve? Sure. As we're looking at number two, we're looking for a creative compromise, and that is engaging the other person for a solution approach. It, let me try and approach it this way. More often than not, when we're in a conversation, we need to remember that we need to think outside of the box, that many of us were taught to think, feel, say, and do all the right things. The problem with that is that it creates a box. Nobody gets in, nobody gets out. And to burst that box to find creative uh, solutions to problems is a huge step in resolving conflict. So just to outline it just a little bit, responding to the conflict by trying to work with the other person to create solutions that are acceptable to everyone and one of the positive outcomes of, of this activity, trying to create solutions, is more solutions are created when we're trying to achieve them than, than we don't. That sounds pretty obvious. Uh, but the reality is you want a partnership to find a new solution. And when they understand that you're prepared to enter their space with permission and you're digging for answers, then you can look at some of the core issues. And, and as the healthy person in the conversation, you need to strive to understand the root of the conflict and then w what are the underlying unusually unusual and unmentioned motivations, goals, or agendas that are at the mm. center of the storm of conflict. And uh, okay. some people have a need for power, <clears throat> for control, for self-esteem, oh. Or even revenge, and those may be the real issues. And you need to know that before you be, before you decide if it if it's a situation healthy enough that you can deal with. So here's okay. some simple steps. There's there's just three. Uh, consider the conflict as an opportunity to work as a team with the other person. The second one, view the other mm -hmm. party's needs and goals in the situation in the same way that you would think of your own, as goals to be reached rather than obstacles to be overcome. We don't win when we leave the other person in disarray. And the third True. one is treat the conflict as a puzzle, right? Now, i got to tell you something. This image of a puzzle, my wife is wonderful at this. She has puzzles that fit the entire dining room table, and she can work <laughs> on the puzzle for days. Um, I, I'm a little less patient. If it's not done in 10 <laughs> minutes, I have an issue. <laughs> and so conflict yeah. resolution is not for wimps. Right. This, this is a big thing, and it takes a lot of time and energy, and it takes the development of skill over time. So you need to be gentle when you're with yourself when you're dealing with others. Um, so one of the keys in this one is identifying points of mutual agreement and then trying to build on those. Okay. And engaging the other person to uh, generate new ideas. Okay. And last, be willing to compromise. 
Um, and I think most of us really struggle with that, that concept. Um, it is not a win-lose. It's a win-win. And so that right. when you're dealing with a difficult person, one of the things you need to establish is, what do we agree on? And where mm-hmm. can we go from there? Well, yeah, that's um, that's certainly a place to start, isn't it? It is. Now, here, the next one's a, a, a bit tough, and it requires a little bit of explanation. And it's called the the emotional um, healthy response to conflict resolution. It's important for us to be able to say, I think, I need, I feel. And I statements avoid things like, you're, you're a goof, you're the problem. Um, <laughs> it, it's claiming where you are in the midst of the conversation. Right. And... Uh, Good communication is typically necessary for reaching a resolution that's acceptable to both sides. And so to be able to express yourself, to be able to say, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Now, here's the advice on this. Be sure you know the thoughts and feelings that you want to communicate to the other party before you go into the meeting. Okay, preparation again. Absolutely know what you want to say. And and determine why you feel the way you do. What buttons is that other person pushing in you? Why do you feel angry? Why are you frustrated? Um, and and what do you, how do you want to communicate that? So you need to choose your words carefully and keep them courteous and professional, remaining calm, and and be very specific. You know, I, I'm frustrated or angry or disappointed because, and the more explanation you can give, the better. Right. And I guess the other well, step here, go ahead. Well, it's certainly more um, more positive than saying you did this and you did that and you said Absolutely. this. Yeah, it's than... all about the I statement. You're right. Mm-hmm. And so if you can clarify the statements, um, even when you get hurtful statements made to you, um, here's an approach that can be beneficial. I don't think you meant to say this this way, but it sounded as if you said, and then repeat back what they said to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when we hear back the things that we've said to somebody else, uh, it's powerful. We put ourselves right. in check. And I guess sure. it's also important in this mo- model to solicit information concerning how well the other person understands what we're saying. Right. Yeah. So now the next step in, in all of this, number four, is is reaching out. And we talked about it just at the beginning. And, and, and this takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength, because most of us would want to say, you know what, they owe me an apology. They, they need to make this right. And mm-hmm. uh, the reality is the healthy person, the strong and courageous person, is the one that picks up the phone and says, um, this relationship's important to me. We need to talk. Right. And one of the most difficult problems to overcome in a conflict is that tendency for both sides to to dig in. So here's some suggestions um, that that might be helpful. First of all, um, we need to directly acknowledge that the other's emotions and his or her needs, and we never want to say to them that whatever they're feeling is wrong. Because feelings aren't wrong. Words and actions may be wrong, but feelings aren't wrong. And then we need to encourage the other party to express her, his or her feelings in in a respectful way and then try okay. to understand the other person's feelings after we have made 
that effort of picking up the phone. We want a resolution. We've already decided that. To empathize with the other person, I've got to tell you the research shows that one of the huge things is you can be the person to pick up the phone first and uh, and to be able, if you're responsible in any way, to apologize can take mm-hmm. a huge step into healing relationships. Mm-hmm. And I guess the so, the last one, go ahead. So it is the willingness. I mean, there's a willingness, but, um, I mean, we went back to at the beginning, we prefer to avoid these things, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've got... Yeah. I've, in, in the work that I do every single day, I do not schedule more than three in a 12-hour time span. I don't schedule more than three of these in a day. Mm. I'm exhausted, well, absolutely exhausted. And, and part of it is that as you've heard throughout the conversation, a lot of this is scripted. And right. it's scripted because we tend to go to two or three consistent buttons in our own personalities, and one of those is anger. Mm-hmm. And another one is fear. And, and the last one is just that all-out emotion. And, and most guys don't want to admit this uh, openly. But but some of us go to tears, men mm-hmm. and women. Oh, and, sure. and then it, it feels like we've lost, and then we just recycle the anger. <laughs> well, yeah, and and no one likes that feeling of being out of control. Right. But that can be what it what it takes uh, for healing, I'm sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, what I haven't talked about yet, and I think it's just really important, is that there are times that we need to step back and analyze the situation, weigh the pros and cons before we proceed. Because what can sometimes happen is somebody catches us off guard is that we can allow the situation to escalate. And then things get said and done. And I remember a particular occasion um, that I was profoundly embarrassed by. And I went to work one day, and I was sick. Mm-hmm. I had already been sick to my stomach. I had a horrible headache, and I went to work anyway. Huge mistake. Never, ever go into a situation um, when you're feeling horrible, when you know mm-hmm. that you're going to be dealing with conflict, because you're at your weakest moment. And so part of what we need to be able to do is self-care to make sure that if mm-hmm. we're going to deal with conflict situations that we're in good shape. Right. Um, so we, one of the steps. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we do have a question on the on the chat room here, um, Stephen, and it's, um, I find it a challenge to find my words in these situations. Um, and I think that's in in this, uh, you know, reading out and saying, you know, how I feel. And um, so, and she says, so emotions take over. So what do you suggest in this situation? Yeah, I think that really goes back to, uh, it's first of all, a fantastic question. Um, It goes back to being able to articulate, I think, I feel, I need. And to be able to share with the person as calmly as you can, uh, those those things, and to go into most conversations prepared, it is not unusual for me to say, you know, I'd really like to have this conversation right now, but um, I need a few minutes, and mm-hmm. to grab my shoes and keys. They don't know that I'm doing that. I simply slide away, um, and 
and say, you know what, I'll be back in about 10 or 15 minutes. If you don't mind, I just need a few minutes. You know, and this works um, not only with a, a spouse or a child, but in conflict situations. And if you really feel those emotions bubbling to the surface, it's important to get a timeout. Mm-hmm. Hopefully okay. that helps. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and so now back to um, you know when the when the when things are escalating, um, it would take a lot real presence of mind to say, okay, I need a few minutes, <laughs> right, and well, you and to remove it, it, yourself f- from the situation. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess what we have to consider are two things. Um, One, the consequences of staying. Mm. Um, Because once we've, and we've all been there, once we've been through a situation where you you wish, oh my goodness, like a tube of toothpaste that is squeezed, you can never get that back in the tube. And when we've said something that you simply can't take back, apologies may bring healing but the words are still out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reality is, so the consequences of not removing ourselves are so huge um, that it's better to have that embarrassing moment where you say, you know what, I, I, I just need five minutes. I, I just mm-hmm. need to breathe. Um, I really want to have this conversation. But the walking away and taking the time out, that reflective thinking time um, is really important. And so to identify um, goals in that five minutes to be able mm-hmm. to say, um, what can I find in common with this person? To be able to say, am I prepared to think outside of the box and look at new proposals? And mm-hmm. and most important, to go back and to ask questions of clarity of their position. It really allows you a couple minutes to process. Right. So that that remembering that the goal is to resolve this thing it can Absolutely. help you to get out of can help you to make that um, that choice to remove yourself from the situation for a moment. Absolutely. And it's time it's time now that we're um, going to stop there for a second, go to a break, and um, we look forward to uh, discussing this further. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to 
our show today uh, entitled Five Critical Steps for Dealing with Impossible People. Uh, Steve Hendry has been sharing those five critical steps with us. Um, and, you know, we've it's it's been clear that you know the goal is to be the the bigger person the person that is willing to um to you know head into this difficult conversation that would that would resolve things um and steve's been sharing some very key things um to plan for that um that difficult conversation um steve is there ever a situation that's unresolvable i knew we were going to come there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) here's the truth Uh, yes there is and um and i really am very cautious about how i articulate this Um, there are situations where the other party um, is experiencing uh, mental health issues um, Mm -hmm. that and sometimes it's the mental health issues sometimes it's the fact that they refuse to take medication for that mental health issue. Um, Sometimes it is a case where the hurt uh, is so deep on their part of a historical situation that it's 20, 30, 40 years old, and that what they really need is uh, health assistance. They need to be able Mm -hmm. to sit down uh, with a specialist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, uh, somebody that can walk them through the process and and help them deal with really deep issues. Very seldom in a conflict resolution um, is the issue the one they're really talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more often than not, whether it's in our marriages or with our children or with the people that we work with or even our friends, there's always another issue that has brought them to the discomfort of this issue. And so what we need to be able to analyze immediately is what is our skill level at being able to deal with them? And we okay. need to decide that quickly. Right. Um, so it, really quickly deciding that I may not have what's needed to deal with this. Absolutely. Absolutely. That it really and, requires uh, a professional. Uh, absolutely. And and part of what happens, um, particularly in my day-to-day work, is that um, some people uh, see my uh, uniform, my day-to-day uniform, as a blessing. But others see it as a threat. And um, mm-hmm. I've been told that when I walk into a hospital and I'm wearing a black shirt and white collar, the first thing that some people think is, um, my loved one's dying. That's why he's here. Wow. Wow. And so I have to be, yeah, that's huge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, and talk about a conflict situation. Uh, when somebody desperately wants their loved one to live, and yet all of the medical evidence shows that that may not happen, um, mm-hmm. that we need to be able to be present sometimes without providing solutions. True, yes. And yes. and so when it comes to dealing with some folks, yes, there are moments where we simply don't have the skill level in, in order to address the issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when there's easier ones, and and they happen, uh, when there's easier ones, and we've had a chance to take some time out, and that um, you know that you've taken some time to breathe, 
you've taken some time to go for a walk, you've taken some time to either listen to music if you've got a day or two in between dealing with the conflict again. Um, Self-care is just so important in being able to deal with other personalities to make sure you're at your very best. And and I'm sure you know that you, you mentioned the horse trip. I bet the first few days back to work after the horse trip when you were relaxed and you'd had some sleep and you've eaten well, that, that you handle it better. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And and that's why that's so important. Right. So I guess the the next step that we would need to go to and, and uh, is this one, is knowing that it's important for us to be the flexible person. Um, you, you can imagine at work that my nickname, anybody listening to this show knows by now that my nickname is Gumby. And uh, <laughs> anybody that remembers Gumby knows <laughs> <laughs> that the Gumby was that little figure that twisted and turned and moved and squirmed and could go just about any way. The oh, I remember po- Gumby- I I remember Pokey and Gumby. Maybe not everyone the maybe not all of our younger listeners would know who Pokey and Gumby are, but I do. <laughs> well, you know what? They can go to a museum and find one of those toys. <laughs> <laughs> you and I probably still have one, but they can go to a museum yeah. or 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 Google Gumby. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. And Gumby just That's... means this uh, this incredible flexibility, right? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So we call it adapting. And uh what it really means is acknowledging the conflict in life is inevitable but still remaining optimistic that there is ultimately resolvable. And that means, you know, this is when we're dealing with healthy people that really want a solution. They just happen to have some strong emotions in the moment. Mm -hmm. And the adaptable person remains alert for the signs that the other person is going to be ready again to resolve the conflict, maybe not now, but at some point in the future. Right. And, and, And I've certainly been known to take the risk, and this is a risk, to walk up to somebody and uh, and to put my arm around them and simply say, uh, you know what, I really miss you. Mm-hmm. Now, two things could happen at that moment. Um, yeah. yeah. One is, you know, I don't miss you. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But the other is, um, what took you so long, Steve? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think if you're if you can be the Gumby, if you can be the one that. Um, the Ben that is is able to enter the situation and say I'm the adaptable person and I'm prepared to wait and when the opportunity opens I'm prepared to be uh, in dialogue again and so that I'll be positive and expect things to turn out well in the end and I'm willing to compromise uh, now here's the healthiest part of this sometimes you have to be able to say to yourself if I've done all that I can then that's all I can do. Mhm. Mhm. Most most of the time, um if if you are the one that reaches out as you said, um you are going to see a softening in the other person, I think in most situations. Maybe not to the point where everything is, you know, on a on a straight arrow to being resolved, but most people are going to respond positively to to the reach out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did anybody that, did, did anybody ever did anybody ever respond very negatively to that? You said you've done it a few times. 
Yeah, um, I, I've yeah. had one or two, and, and the truth is that I really believe that the issues there for that individual were so huge and had been there so long that I was way beyond my pay scale of being able to, to deal with that without right. um, stepping over uh, the boundaries of what my qualifications are. Right, right. And, and, really and we okay don't want to get... We don't want to get to the point where we're we're digging up things that are, um, you know, way into that person's past. And if we're not qualified for dealing with that pain that they're dealing with, we don't want to have to go there. That's right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so what is what are other um, effective positive approaches? I think that at this point, what would be helpful to remember is that winning at all cost is not a healthy approach. And so what you're after is a win-win. Um, and so you want to be able to find a way for a conciliatory gesture, and that's the next approach. Um, how do you find uh, a, a way to enter into their experience and give them the gift of knowing that it's okay to be them? And, and so that you can express your flexibility and your open-mindedness and, um, and that you're not there to do a hard bargain, but rather to find a win-win. And looking mm -hmm. for that, articulating, I'm looking for an acceptable compromise. And that particular method of the compromise is asking the question, you know, what's the minimum that you can accept? What, right. what is it that you would prefer? What's the both best outcome for both of us? What is the win-win? And when you consistently, right. calmly, coolly, and collectively present that, a healthy person is going to engage. Sure, sure. The key is make your points in a gentle way by asking questions and never re resorting to threats. And uh, right. some of us um, have backgrounds um, in some level or another, whether it was our work or something else, where, you know what, when we get cornered, we're like a mad cat. We come out swinging. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the, the mm -hmm. key is to calm, cool, and collected and never threaten. <laughs> never threaten and never be threatened, I guess. It's, uh, yes, it, and it, that's the other it half is challenging. Of it. Absolutely. Right. It is challenging. Um, a comment from um, on the chat room, again, Steve. Um, I find often when conflict occurs, it's caused by one person simply having had a number of things happening in succession, and the conflict is the last straw. Are there ways to tell if the conflict you're facing isn't the real issue? Yes, um, and one of them is uh, if they're displaying anger. Um, and, and that sounds really obvious, but um, if they've raised their voice, if they're using harsh and angry words that are way beyond the present situation, that's your clear signal that you're into something really deep. And, and what we have to remember mm -hmm. dealing with this kind of situation is when somebody's in a deep hole and uh, they're angry, um, you do not get in the hole to help them out. You might be able to provide them with a rope to help them pull out, but you don't get in the hole. So, in other words, if they're yelling and screaming, don't join in. Right. And yet, yeah. many of us can get drawn into that. That's a button that pushed. 
Yes. And that anger yes. can have some really negative outcomes. First, uh, contributes to the escalation of the conflict, um, even and even a fine, uh, sort of minor agreement can become really serious when people lose their temper. And the second yeah. uh, danger here, it can inhibit and destroy the trust, the teamwork, and the communication. It can end the relationship if we get in that deep hole of, as your, your caller was talking about, uh, a series of circumstances that have put them in a in a really dark, dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 I th- I think we're we're aware that you know exchanging angry words can can make things worse. Um, yeah. But I think these, you know, these um, these steps are are really key to keeping us from getting to that point. Um, it's time for us to go for a break, and then we'll uh, we'll look for our our key uh, our key points after the break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Hello again, this is Lynn Wedham on Step Right with Lynn. Our guest today is Stephen Hendry, and we're talking about, this is our show about conflict resolution, and we've been talking about um, effective positive repro- approaches um, to addressing conflicts. We've, we're talking about um, negative, unhealthy responses to conflict. Um, what do we still have to add here, Steve? This is huge. Um, most of us beat ourselves up in horrible long-term ways um, over conflict resolution. And we can mm-hmm. say 10, 20, 30 years later, man, if I'd handled that situation differently, um, I would have married that person or I would still be married to that person. Or we look at a conflict with our kids and we say, you know, they'd be talking to me now. Um, Or uh, they'd visit. Um, Or if it's a colleague or a a job situation, we say, you know what, it was was a bad day. I shouldn't have gone to work. And um, Mm -hmm. and if I'd handled that differently. Now, the problem with self-criticism is this. First of all, it gets you nowhere. Um, You cannot fix the past. You only have the present and perhaps the future, and we spend too much of our lives beating up on ourselves. And so what we need to be able to do is, um, instead of reflecting over and over on the situation and about the things we'd wished we'd said or done, we need to decide now um, how we're going to change that. So just just a couple suggestions. 
first of all, we need to honestly examine our goals and our standards, and are they realistic? Mm-hmm. Um, most of us, in really simple terms, you know, we, we each design a to-do list every day that's got at least 10 mm-hmm. times the number of things we'll ever get to. Absolutely, and in, yes. Guilty. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, and so if we're going to examine our goals and standards, are they realistic? Uh, are we trying mm-hmm. to be um, a saint beyond uh, any saint when in reality we all have our, our shortcomings? Then we need to ask some trusted friends or coworkers for their viewpoints and compare our self-appraisal uh, with with those of others. People that really mm-hmm. love us will speak truth into our lives. And then right. examine the discrepancies between your self-evaluation and their, and their evaluation of you and your evaluation is clearly more negative, then you need to commit to bringing your appraisal more in line with that of others that uh, that, that will speak loving truth into your life. Then we need mm-hmm. to put problems and perspectives in into perspective uh, and develop and practice some statements. And here's the first one. No one's perfect. Perfection mm-hmm. isn't expected or required. <laughs> and the I have difficulty with that one. <laughs> I know because those of us who are perfectionists, um, it's it, isn't it sad enough when we do that to ourselves? But then somebody else walks in the room, and we expect them to join in in the dysfunction. You know, come, <laughs> yes. Come play this dangerous game, right? And we need yeah. to stop that. And yeah, the next one sure. is: if, if it can be changed, I will change it. If it can't be mm-hmm. changed, I will forget about it. Wow. And I think the third one is setbacks are going to occur, and we need to be prepared for them. We not only need to be prepared for the conversation, but we need to be prepared for the setback and to know that time heals some wounds, but sometimes, you know, it it doesn't hurt to say a prayer once in a while. Uh, When we know we can't handle it, to, to hand it to another power that might be able to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I think during conflicts, recognize potentially self-defeating and negative thoughts, words, and deeds, and replace them with the positive words and constructive responses. Change I'm not good enough to I am a productive and valuable member of this organization. And then change mm-hmm. I can't do anything right to I can meet realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's Very helpful positive. in the middle of trying to deal yes. with it. Right. Um, Steve, how can people reach you if they have further questions for you? Well, let, let's start with this. Uh, go to Facebook, Stephen Hendry, um, and I'd love to engage uh, the audience in that way. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. probably the best. Um, the other is I can be reached at stevehendry at rogers.com. Wonderful. And um, an opportunity to have conversation with individuals or, or small groups, whatever is, is uh, required. Yeah, that's that's terrific. So we have we have um, that uh, homework for ourselves to uh, connect with uh, Stephen Hendry on Facebook, um, and Stephen is uh, spelled with a PH, I believe. So that's how you would find him on Facebook. And uh, also uh, look up Gumby on YouTube, <laughs> so you understand <laughs> I was about what. To say uh, that. <laughs> should, so you understand what we were talking about, about there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, thanks so much uh, for being with us today. You've uh, you've shared some very valuable insights that uh, I'm sure are going to uh, 
change a few situations in our lives. My privilege. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, at this time, I'd like to remind everyone to tune in next week uh, when our guest will be Ron Foxcroft. He's creator of the Fox Whistle and owner of Fluke Transport. The topic is five tips for success in life and business. And Ron has a great story to share with us uh, of the ups and downs and the successes uh, and the lessons that have come uh, from his experience. Um, I've heard him speak recently. He's a he's a good speaker and a great message. So uh, I hope that you will tune in uh, next week as well. Um, remember, I always welcome your comments on Step Right with Lynn. It's the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. You can always send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-P-R-I-G-H-T. Uh, if you send me a message, um, I'd be glad to send you a copy of the children's book, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Uh, it's a great storybook. I know that you know a child who would benefit uh, and would love uh, that you would share this book with them. Uh, it tells about uh, how we all carry an invisible bucket and we make contributions to other people's buckets um, with the good things that we do. Sometimes um, in conflict resolution, perhaps, uh, when we don't do it the right way, uh, perhaps things are taken out of other people's buckets. So we're always looking um, to spread the word, um, the message that's in that children's book. So I would love to have, to have that. I would love for you to come, give me, uh, send me an email, let me know uh, what topics you have enjoyed on the show, what you would like to see um, as a topic on the show, or if you have ideas for guests for the show, I would love to hear from that. So um, this is Lynn Wedham. And the show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Bye for now. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m.